Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson for this special Friday edition of the show. And normally we're, we're doing it on probably Tuesday or Wednesday, but but this week we uh, we shifted it to Friday. And so it gives us the opportunity to look at last night's game between the Falcons and the Panthers and also we will we'll still look back at at what took place last week and how that affects our our matchups this week but here's the key I'm Bryce I'm not an expert I'm more of a fantasy coach so I am here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season I won't always be right but I hope I'll be convincing and I hope we'll have a lot of fun together here on the show and then also Toward the end of uh, the the conversation today, we will do the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook topic of the week, and today it is all about the waiver wire and counting the cost. So if you haven't ordered your Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook yet, I encourage you to go to FantasyFootballFellowship.com and check that out, and really appreciate you uh, being willing to, to buy the book and read it and and be a part of Fantasy Football Fellowship with us here at Unpacking It. And so this is uh, something we're really passionate about, this podcast, the book. Uh, we also do Thursday calls that if, you're, if you want to join us, you can do that as well, where we get together on Thursday at noon Eastern to talk fantasy football and life and faith. And so we'd love to, to have you be a part of that. You can email us, fantasy at unpacking it. Dot com fantasy at unpacking it dot com I am heading into week eight with one team that I'm feeling great about uh I'm in second place and and knocked off the first place guy last week but he still had a little edge on me uh points wise and then in the fantasy football fellowship league I lost by one point last week thanks to the Bears defense scoring a touchdown toward the end of that game against the Rams. And the crazy thing was, I had Rams defense, the other guy had Bears defense, and they scored, and that put him over the edge, and I lost by one. So that was tough. So I'm still, I'm kind of reeling in that league, and then my third league, my dynasty league, uh, I'm right there in the mix. I'm feeling pretty good about that team, uh, except some injuries, which many of you are also dealing with. It, It sort of... It tarnishes your your perspective on your team a little bit because you don't know, especially some of these guys, how how long they're going to be out. Now, when you lose a guy who goes on IR for the year, uh, then you can kind of move forward and figure out, okay, yeah, all right, I'm going to replace him with this guy, and you sort of know, all right, I'm going to take a step back at the running back position, but I'm still okay. But it's those questionable guys that make it so difficult because how long is Joe Mixon going to be out? What about Jamison Crowder? The, the list goes on of, of just the, the, the guys that are banged up that are going to miss one to four weeks, basically. Uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good fantasy-wise, but, but hope, hope your leagues are going well. And, and, and let's begin with 
holding me accountable. So we'll talk about Thursday night in a moment, but we always begin with, with holding me accountable. And so last week on the show, I mentioned that Cam Newton would have a bounce back game. He did not. He struggled once again, this time against the 49ers. And I'm pretty I'm pretty concerned about the Patriots. I, it seems like things are, are kind of unraveling. But then the other side of me thinks, you know what, Bill Belichick, he's still a tremendous coach. He'll figure things out. But I think they just don't have enough weapons. There's just not enough there to work with. When you look at Dallas, I still see a lot of weapons there. So they're another team that you could totally write off. And, and same with Atlanta. I think Atlanta's probably in the middle there where Dallas still has tons of talent offensively. Three legit receivers, a decent tight end, an unbelievable running back. We'll talk about the quarterback in a little bit. And then in Atlanta, it's like, all right, Matt Ryan, Julio. Uh, I'm not sold on Gurley. So, but but at least with Julio and Ryan, you, you can you can put them out there and, and score some points. Uh, but then with New England, who who can you start? I, I don't. You can't trust Cam. I, I I'm I'm forced to start James White, but he he was not very productive last week. Damian Harris has been a letdown. I thought he was going to be much better than than what he's shown recently. The last couple of weeks with some opportunity. They have no tight end. Nikhil Harry's banged up. Julian Edelman's out. Who who's their third or fourth receiver? Demir Bird. Um. It's it's not looking good for them. So uh, there's one other receiver I can't think of his name, but they 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 are in trouble. So there's not enough around Cam to really feel confident in him. So um, even though I was wrong last week, you know, all right, I'm I'm kind of off that bandwagon. So he he Cam's probably droppable at this point, depending on on what quarterbacks are on your waiver wire. So that's that's a tough thing because he started off so good. The Patriots were loving life, but that 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 has changed pretty pretty dramatically. Let's see, I got three other things to hold me accountable to. Brandon Ayuk with the 49ers. I wrote him off when he had kind of his first good game, but that's continued. He has played well, and I have now picked him up on a roster, and, and so I believe he's got some opportunity. The 49ers offense is looking better. Even though they have some injuries, I think he, Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk uh, George Kittle, those two guys are, are pretty reliable. And, and and pick one of the running backs, whoever's healthy, whoever you have on your team. If you get them, you can pop them in for that week. To, to trust that uh, any running back for more than one week I think is unrealistic. So you take it one week at a time. This week it's hasty. So if you can get hasty, put him in the lineup. You can also hold me accountable that I totally wrote off Gibson running back with the Washington football team. Um, I He's now like the 17th best running back in the league. He's been productive, and and I I whiffed on him. I, I just kind of avoided all Washington players, and I shouldn't have uh, with Gibson. So the next guy is a little bit questionable if if I was wrong or if I was right. So I wrote off Todd Gurley before the season, during the season, told you to sell even when he was playing well, and although he continues to score touchdowns, he's only averaging 3.8 yards a carry, he only has one game on the season where he's rushed for over 100 yards. I still find them to be unreliable. Atlanta is just a, a, an interesting team, and so we'll talk about them more in a moment. But I, I don't trust Gurley. I'm still trying to move on from him. 
I'll own the fact that he's continued to score touchdowns. That's why maybe I missed on that, but I, I still don't think he's reliable. So it's a tweener on if I was wrong or, or wrong or right. Uh, but here are a couple things I was right on. I picked up Carson Wentz in all three leagues. Thank you, Carson Wentz. Huge week last week. Now he gets Dallas. I'm feeling good about Wentz. Same with Fulgham, his wide receiver. He's been awesome. Ever since I picked him up, he's been great. DeAndre Swift, finally, Detroit, continues to feed him. And maybe not as much as I would like because uh, you still have to deal with the, uh, the, the, the never-aging, always-productive, doesn't-matter-what-team-he's-on Adrian Peterson, who still car- t- steals some carries, catches the balls out of the backfield, goal line here and there. But I still think DeAndre Swift will be fantasy relevant the rest of the way. And it seems like Detroit still wants to keep Swift from having the full workload, which limits his ceiling, but he's still talented. And Detroit's actually good enough, at least offensively, to be fantasy relevant. So so I, I'm, I'm on the Swift bandwagon. And then also, I hope you listened, Chase Edmonds. Here he goes. He's on a bye this week, but get ready. Get ready for the Chase Edmonds show. If you can go trade for him, go get him. I was not high on Drake, and then he ended up having that big game that I had to apologize for, but now it's looking like in the long run I will be right on Chase Edmonds. He's going to be the feature back while Drake is out, and I think the Cardinals, they'll, they'll lock in and they won't look back. So here we go. And then also, how about James Robinson? Oh, He's the pickup of the year for me. Last week, 22 carries, 119 yards, one rushing touchdown, four catches for another receiving touchdown. As bad as the Jaguars may be, James Robinson has been consistent and, and having some big games as well. So that's, uh, that's tremendous. All right, let's talk a little bit about last night's game. And the, the big star for the Panthers was Curtis Samuel, who got into the end zone twice. And even though I love the Panthers, they're my team, and I've actually been a, a Samuel fan over the years and have kind of been waiting for him to really pop. I like how the Panthers are using him. I like that he can come out of the backfield and, and be an effective runner. But I am afraid that he won't be any more than what Percy Harvin, Cordero Patterson have been over the years. And they're... They're the type of guy that kind of tricks you a little bit to where you get really excited and they have really big weeks. And from an NFL, like football, regular standpoint, non-fantasy standpoint, you just want weapons. So you want to have weapons out there. They distract the defense. But the reality is I have to see more before I can say, go get Curtis Samuel, put him in your starting lineup in fantasy because those types of guys over the years – just haven't shown that type of consistency where they're not a true running back or they're not a true wide receiver. They kind of go back and forth. And sometimes when you're not one or the other, it just it, it creates confusion and inconsistency, I guess. So I think of Peter Warwick over the years. These are guys that you, you fall in love with them because they're so athletic, they're so dynamic, they can have huge days, but then the reliability and the consistency just isn't there. So from a fantasy perspective, I would say don't get too excited about Curtis Samuel. When it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, 
this Panthers offense is still good, but we, we've now seen a couple down weeks for Teddy, and so you can't trust him as a starting quarterback, and I would probably recommend uh, not carrying him on your roster either. You can keep an eye on him from a, a waiver wire perspective, but with Christian McCaffrey coming back, they'll, they'll probably run the ball even more with him and, and take some of the load off of, of Teddy anyway, and uh, he just seems a little off the, the, the last couple of weeks. So th- there is some concern there from a fantasy perspective if you can trust Teddy in a big way. Speaking of McCaffrey, Mike Davis did a great job filling in for him for, for the first three weeks. He scored at least 20 fantasy points first three games, and then now the last three games, he's combined for just 28.8 points in, in PPR. And so he peaked. He did well, and then he kind of became who I thought he was uh, initially. So I was initially wrong on Mike Davis, and then ultimately it kind of evened out, I guess. And so he, if you started him for three weeks, you, you, you were loving life, and then he let you down the last three weeks. And so the big question is, how, how much will the Panthers split the carries between McCaffrey and Davis? And I do think Davis will still be a part of the, the offense. And when you think about McCaffrey the last few years, he has been the workhorse. He has gotten so many carries and, and receptions and has just been on the field nonstop. I mean, he's, he's barely missed a play. And, and I'm someone that, that appreciates the workhorse running back, especially in fantasy, because then you don't have to worry about somebody coming in and vulturing touchdowns or stealing the big third down play. If you were a McCaffrey owner... You, you knew you could rely on him in a big way week after week. I'm not sure that's the case this year. He's coming off of injury uh, of an injury. It, it's a new regime, and, and Mike Davis at least showed that he can be productive. Uh, can he be the, 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 the go-to guy for six weeks in a row? No, he, he proved that he couldn't be. But can he give you 10 touches, 15 touches? Yeah, maybe probably 10. You still want McCaffrey because he's such a weapon. You, you want him to, to, to get more of the, the production. But I don't think I'm carrying Davis necessarily on my roster anymore. Maybe on your bench, but you're definitely not starting him anymore when McCaffrey comes back. Yeah, I guess you could play the, 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 the what-if game if McCaffrey goes down with an injury again. Um, but I, I'm not real confident in Davis the, the, the rest of the way. The, the Panthers, they're a nice team. They, they're, they're playing well as far as they're competitive, but the offensive line isn't good enough, and they were threatening as a, a potential playoff threat. But now with the, the Bucks pulling away in the NFC South, Atlanta knocking off the Panthers last night, and then the Saints still right in the mix, the Panthers' season, it's not about wins, and it's probably not as, as fantasy-friendly moving forward as you want it to be if you owned Mike Davis or even Robbie Anderson, I don't think the same level of production that, that you saw for you know the first few weeks of the season, it'll be to that level. He's still great, and, and DJ Moore is still great, but as far as wide receiver one numbers, ease up on those. Ease up on those, those expectations. So, all right, so that's, uh, those are some thoughts on last night. And, and you know I'm not a big uh, Julio guy, but, but he was the only bright spot for the Falcons last night. So if you're an owner of his, of his you're, you're glad that he was healthy and he was out there. But 
uh, it wasn't a huge offensive night for anyone last night. All right, let's uh, let's move into this week's I'm Convinced, and I'm kind of all over the place on these. So we'll start in Seattle. I'm convinced we should move on from Chris Carson, and I actually like Carlos Hyde. you got to get him healthy, but Carlos Hyde is a good running back who always gets overlooked. But with Chris Carson, once he starts getting banged up, it makes me really nervous, and if you could somehow get some value for and, and trade him, I, I think you should. Uh, I just have that gut feeling about Chris Carson not being as reliable down the stretch for Seattle. And Seattle's just more of a passing team. So you can get Carlos Hyde cheap and stash him on your, your bench, and, and you probably get a couple good weeks out of him. But if you're like relying heavily on Chris Carson, I think there are better options out there. And you might be able to get somebody... To, to trade you somebody that toward the end of the season is going to be more reliable and more healthy. Uh, yeah, I think I want, I still want DK Metcalf. I'm not, I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, Lockett was unbelievable. So you still want passing weapons. So Wilson, Metcalf, Lockett, that's who you want in Seattle. And then if you can get Carlos Hyde off the waiver wire, that, that's nice. That's nice too. I'm also convinced that we continue to overlook Cole Beasley. He scored at least 9.8 fantasy points every single week. He's 19th in total fantasy points for wide receivers this year, and he just doesn't get the same kind of love that, that he deserves. He's been on the waiver wire in leagues, so, so if he happens to be, make sure you get him. Um, I think he continues to be reliable. We, we've seen some inconsistency over the years. Even in Dallas, we would get all excited about him, and then when he went to Buffalo, he'd have big weeks. But this year, he's showing the consistency. And in that offense, I think the Bills do get better. I think they've they've hit their kind of losing streak and sort of the lull in the season. But I think they'll they'll pick it back up. I really do. So if you can get Cole Beasley, I I feel I feel very convinced that that he's the the real deal, and he's playing like a top twenty wide receiver right now. I am convinced we should not give up on Alexander Madison. I think this guy is a legit running back. And Minnesota, at some point in this this season, they're going to be looking toward next year. And maybe they're already there. I I don't know what they'll do at the trade deadline, but this is not a great team. They've only got one win. And, And Dalvin Cook does return this week. But he is injury prone. You cannot trust Dalvin Cook. Over the years, we've already seen it. He's a young running back, but we've already seen it. And it's easy to give up on Madison based on last week. He did not play well. But I'm buying really low on Madison, and I'm stashing him on my bench if I can. If I can go get him, I want to get him because toward the end of the year, I think he will be very valuable for you. So you can hold me accountable to that, but, but I, I'm, I'm telling you now, Stock up on some Alexander Madison. Even though the Vikings won't be good at, you know, at the end of the year, somebody's going to have to run the ball and, and catch the ball out of the backfield, and I think it'll be Madison. All right, I'm also convinced I don't want any Bears offensive players. I, 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 don't, I, I love Nick Foles. I don't want him in fantasy. I thought Anthony Miller was going to be a steal this year or kind of a, a, I should say, a rising star, and he hasn't been. Robinson has been okay, but now he's banged up with a, a concussion. <sighs> it's bad. David Montgomery, he's up and down. He's not. His ceiling isn't very high. So I, I'm getting rid of Bears players. 
they'll win some games. Their defense is good, but they'll win low-scoring games and, and not the high-scoring, dynamic offense that you need for fantasy. I am convinced Ben DiNucci starting for the Dallas Cowboys is so intriguing. And I think it would be a great story if he can turn the Cowboys season around. I'm pulling for him. I was pulling for Andy Dalton, and now I'm pulling for DiNucci. But DiNucci coming from James Madison. I love the FCS level of college football. And when guys come out of nowhere and prove everybody wrong, and if he can be the next Tony Romo, I'm loving it. I'm all for it. And so I'm not picking him up in fantasy, but I guess as fantasy owners, let's hold on. Let's hold on and see what Ben DiNucci can do as the starting quarterback this week. So before we panic, and we'll get to our peace and panic segment in a moment, before we sell Zeke, before we sell Cooper, before we sell CeeDee Lamb, let's see what Ben DiNucci can do. Fair? All right. He may stink, and then we'll panic and, and have to figure something out. But I am a Zeke owner, and so as we head into peace or panic, I'm given one more week of peace, and then it will become full-blown panic and I may have to sell Zeke for Alexander Madison. I don't know. No, that'd be a little dramatic. But I, I may be looking to, to move on from Zeke. Um, but I'm going to give him one more week. So, uh, so yeah, let's talk peace or panic. I'm panicking with Josh Jacobs. He continues to let me down with the Raiders. David Johnson and the entire Houston Texans offense makes me panic. Uh, but specifically David Johnson, 42 yards on 14 carries just isn't going to cut it. And now we're hearing that maybe they'll, they'll incorporate Duke Johnson more. We've heard that story before, but David Johnson hasn't popped as much as I had hoped. He, he's been okay, and he's, he's probably played like a, a running back two or three, but I'd hoped maybe for a little bit more than that, um, at least for some big weeks, and we just haven't seen enough of that. So there, there's some panic there. Um, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs total piece, they get the Jets this week. And there's no reason to panic on, on you know, Patrick Mahomes, maybe not lighting it up like we wish he would, but he's still right up there as one of the top quarterbacks. As the season progresses, he'll, he'll have some monster games where he throws for four touchdowns. All those guys, Tyree Kill and tight end Travis Kelsey, they'll be productive for you. I, I, I believe that. So th- there's always the concern when they have so many weapons, who, who gets hot week in, week out. But I think... If, you're, if you own any of those Chiefs players, you don't have to panic and get rid of them uh, just because they've had a, just some, I would say, less than stellar weeks. They'll be fine. They get the Jets this week. Everybody has a big day against the Jets. Well, even though the Bills last week, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. I mean, they only won by eight points. So that was a, a little surprising. Uh, the next situation, peace or panic, Tampa Bay, specifically Ronald Jones. I still have peace. Because he had 13 touches and a touchdown, uh, or 13 carries and a touchdown. He got involved with the, the receiving just a little bit. However, Leonard Fournette coming back healthy, 11 carries, 50 yards rushing, then six catches for 47 receiving yards. I, I don't like that Jones isn't as involved in the passing game. So there is some panic there, but Jones still scores touchdowns. The Bucks are going to score a lot of points. And, and if you're a Jones owner, I still think you can get running back two or three production out of him, uh, which is okay. And if you're a Fournette owner, you're not getting what you drafted him, thinking that, oh, he's going to be the workhorse back in Jacksonville. You're not getting that kind of production, I don't think. He's in a timeshare with Ronald Jones. But we'll see how those guys and who stays healthy and, and who's out there more. 
But uh, but at this point, I have peace for Ronald Jones. And with Fournette, you're just glad that he's back healthy. I'm not sure that his ceiling is 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 going to be much higher. 80 yards, maybe, is probably his best week uh, rushing. Uh, and then, but the, the six catches. If you're in a PPR league, that's nice. That that is nice. And then you know, with Tampa, they they have so many injuries to their their wide receivers. They're in and out of the lineup, and so Ronald Jones has actually been the one constant week in week out. So that's that's pretty nice. All right, so let's jump in and and wrap up with uh, this week's fantasy football fellowship playbook topic. And this week it's about the waiver wire. And so real quickly, my, my top waiver wire guys for the week, Jamichael Hasty with the 49ers and then Nelson Aguilar with the Raiders. So last week, five catches, 170, 107 yards and a TD, nine targets. So I still like rugs, but uh, if you can grab Aguilar, uh, that could be pretty nice. So those are my top two waiver wire guys for the week. As we think about the waiver wire, as you listen to the show, your league is probably set up in one of maybe three ways where you either have a waiver wire that is totally wide open. If somebody is, is not on a roster, you can just go pick them up willy-nilly, free-for-all. That's a wild way to play. Uh, many leagues have shifted to the FOB waiver wire budget where you blind bid based on a $100 imaginary money budget. Uh, it's a real fantasy budget, I guess. And so each week you determine, all right, Tuesday night I'm going to spend $10 on this player, $5 on this player, and if you had the highest bid, you get that player. And, and then the other waiver wire setup is whoever's the lowest on the standings, they have waiver priority, so they get first dibs on any free agent. But regardless of the setup, the mentality that all of us go through is figuring out what is it going to cost me to pick up this player? What do I have to give up in order to go grab this guy? In, in order to you know put this guy on my team, who do I have to give up? What do I have to pay to get this player? Uh, and, and what do I value more? Do I value the running back that just had a big game you know, last week? Or do I value the, the player on my roster that scored some points for me weeks one and two, but maybe has been quiet the last couple of weeks? And so we go through that process. We count the cost. We consider the value. And, and we make decisions on the waiver wire. And so how does this parallel to our lives? Well, th- this is a, a very serious and heavy topic because Jesus talks about counting the cost. And, and so let me, let me read this in, in Scripture. Uh, it's found in Luke. And, and this is the life-changing challenge that Jesus gives us. And so there's a, this is uh, you know, when he's walking on earth during his ministry here on earth, and there's a large crowd that was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. 
And so this is a hard passage to, to wrap our minds around. But the, the message that, that Jesus has for us is that the invitation to follow him is a serious one. It's, it's life-changing, and it is based on surrendering our way, dying to ourself, dying to our own selfish desires, giving up the old life, giving up our own way to go after Jesus. And so just like in fantasy, we give up the one player in order to, to, to go after the other guy that's available to us. And so Jesus gives us a, this invitation to follow him, to love him, to obey him, to experience eternal life with him, to know him, to uh, rely on him for strength that, that he, he provides us. But it means that we have to love him more than anything else in order to, 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 to live the, the, the life that he desires us to live and to enjoy all the fulfillment and satisfaction that, that he has made available to us in him. But we have to value his word more than anyone else's word. We have to value his desires more than anyone else's desires. We have to be concerned with what he thinks about us more than what anybody else thinks about us. And those are, those are major things because we, we value you know, how our parents view us and what our parents say. But, but if it goes in contradiction to Scripture and, and, and who Jesus is and what Jesus is, who he is and his character, we have to choose Jesus. We have to love him more. And so the Bible talks about idols, which basically are anything that we love more than, than God. And, and so we have to remove those idols in life and, and decide, okay, I'm going to count the cost and I'm going to give up everything else to follow Jesus. And, and by giving up, it, it's, it's not clinging to, it's not valuing, it's not loving more. And there's some things we just have to cut out of our life. But there are other things that, that we just have to you know, put in priority, that, that Jesus becomes the priority of the, above those things. And, and so that's the mindset that we have with, with the waiver wire. We just value one player more than the other. We see the potential in one player compared to the other. We let go of one player in order to gain a, another player. And so the cost is absolutely worth it to follow Jesus. I've been following Jesus my, my whole life. And, and I would say, you know, in my 20s, I, I took things more seriously than I did when I was younger and, and continue to learn and grow and, and understand, you know, what it looks like to, to truly be a, a surrendered follower of Jesus, what it means to die to myself every day and, and to give up my own way. Um, it's, it's, it's major. It, it really is. And so the, the verse that says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be not my disciple. So Jesus is inviting us into uh, much more of a, a powerful, dynamic, fruitful life than just, hey, come to church every Sunday. Hey, come be a part of this church. It, that's part of it. And we join a local church and, and we enjoy the fellowship and we enjoy the, the, the worship experience and the time that, that we have at church. And that's all part of it. But we're, we're not joining some country club. That's, that's not what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's, it's giving up something. It's costing us something. It's costing many times our comfort. And, and, and what, what do we give up when it comes to you know, business and relationships when we choose Jesus over 
convenience. We choose Jesus over comfort. Uh, we choose Jesus over, over money. There may be a deal at work that we could get if we, you know, finagle the numbers a little bit and cheat here or cheat there and, you know, dishonesty here, dishonesty there. Or are we going to give all that up and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm choosing obedience and integrity and, and true character and I'm following Jesus no matter the cost, no matter what I have to give up. And so that's the choice that we each have. And it's each day. It's a daily decision to count the cost. Am I going to follow Jesus today and, and, and give up whatever else entices me along the way to, to give up the temptation and to value him more than everything else, to value his way more than my way, to value him more than any other idol, substance, you know, addiction, person, you name it. You know, we have to evaluate what are we, what are we putting ahead of him in our lives. And it's, not a, it's a joyous thing. Like when we go to the waiver wire and we see, we see a player that we can go get, we go after it. All right, I'm getting them. Let's go. And, and there's an excitement there. So it's, it's exciting to follow Jesus. And, and even though it, is, it, it costs us something here on earth, oh my goodness, it doesn't compare to what we gain for eternity both now and for eternity, to know the creator of this world, to know the God of the universe who loves us, cares about us, and, and, and wants us to enjoy uh, life in him. So it sure beats trying to do this on our own. So I hope that's encouraging to you today. It's a heavy topic and, and probably, yeah, one of the more heavier topics in the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook uh, book. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully you're reading along with us and, and you're enjoying the, uh, the book, and if you haven't gotten it yet, check out FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Well, that's all I've got for today. Enjoy the Fantasy Weekend. Enjoy the NFL Weekend, and we will talk about it all next week. And remember, I'm not an expert, more of a fantasy coach, here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus, and I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin, he was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.